Hey there, everyone. It's Camber here with the Yo Pro Now. I'm sitting here today with Jessica Bonnet, 35-year-old high school English teacher and Students in Action advisor from Lexington, South Carolina. So thanks so much for being here, Jessica. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm nice to meet you, and I'm really excited to share with you um, what it's like to be an English teacher. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to hear. And before we get started, I always like to share how I was connected to each interview. And so today, Jessica and I were actually connected through a program and organization that I recently became a part of called Changemakers, which is a, um, it's a group of young professional leaders in the community of you know, the upstate of South Carolina who have about a few months where we really, we fundraise, we try to um, do some philanthropy, do some service, all you know, helping students in action, which is the program that Jessica is very closely related to. So we'll talk more about that later, but first Jessica, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So where you're from, how you got into teaching, and then we'll talk about the details. So just, you know, kind of general idea here, general background. Yeah, so I'm from originally from North Augusta, South Carolina, which is right over the border of Augusta, Georgia. Um, so the masters in golf is very close to me. In fact, fun fact, that was my first job in high school was at the masters golf tournament. So, and I really didn't under, understand at the time, like what a big deal that was, mm -hmm. um, to work there that week. We all had spring break off that week. So yeah. that was, um, kind of a cool thing. So anyways, a little fun fact, but, um, I'm from North Augusta. I graduated in 2003 from North Augusta high school. Um, I've always known that I wanted to be in education and my entire family is, are, are educators. My mom taught English, uh, middle school English for 35 years. And my dad was a high school football coach for 35 years. And um, my grandfather was a superintendent. All of my aunts and cousins um, are all in education. So I really, it was one of those weird things that I didn't really know any different um, than go in education. And luckily I've kind of found that that's where I fit in. So that's been good. Um, I got a teaching fellow scholarship um, from uh, the University of South Carolina to go into teaching. And so I went there and um, ended up getting my master's there in secondary education and always thought I would go back to North Augusta. And, you know, that's just kind of what you did in a small town. You always go back and um, and it's not that far away, but um, I interviewed for Lexington High School and fell in love with it immediately. And I've been here for the last 13 years teaching high school English. Um, Wonderful. So it's kind of cool to follow in the footsteps of what my mom did and my and my father and, and grandparents. And, and now, of course, I'm married to a teacher. So we can't get out oh, of education. Wow. Yeah, you can't get out of it. That's a, that's a really cool story. And also, it's very different from most people that I interview most young professionals that I talk to are you know changing jobs constantly and that is something that you see with teachers at the beginning right so like in the first few years you kind of I, I know a few friends who are teachers and have been teachers and it's like once you get over that three-year hump I feel like you're kind of in it but the first few years it's tough it is a really tough time and I think that's something that's made it a little bit easier for me is because I kind of knew what I was getting into. I knew that the work comes home with you. I knew that the grading never stops. Um, I kind of knew what to expect, which I feel like has helped me 
in a lot of ways and then having that support system of other teachers that you know that you're not alone and you're going to have those bad days and there are definitely days where I think what did I get into <laughs> um but it is nice to know or feel like I am in the right profession which I know is is rare these days because professions are changing so quickly so even education yeah and that was my my follow-up question to that you know in the last 13 years that you've been teaching I would imagine there have been many changes, you know, one of them being technology. I know that now my friends who started teaching a few years ago, there are, you know, apps where parents can be in touch with you. Like how has, how has all of that changed in the last 13 years? And what do you think maybe, maybe point out one of the most impactful or significant uh, changes in the last 13 years for you? I think one, yeah, technology is definitely the biggest thing. And it's not so much even technology in the classroom because I feel like we're prepared to kind of swing with that. You know, I, I started and, and kids had, everything was on paper. Um, and then very quickly we went to iPads one-to-one. So students had that access, which is super nice. Now they have MacBooks. Um, and now of course with, you know, COVID, everything has been virtual, which they're learning and we're learning on the fly. Right. Um, but one thing I think is significant to note is that, you know, of course, social media has been a huge impact for a lot of good things and for a lot of negative. But I think, you know, people think that kids are changing and kids are so different these days and, but they're really not like kids are still kids. Their world around them is changing, but kids are still the same. And, and I feel like they have a lot more influences, but at the end of the day, kids are the same kids that they were many years ago. They just have a lot more to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, thank you for saying that because it's something that is not talked about. People are always saying that kids are so much worse than they used to be because they have all these factors. But I think it's important to note what you just mm -hmm. said that, you know, they're still the same. They still have the same challenges. Mm -hmm. It's just, they have a few more that have been thrown right. away. Right. Um, yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I mean, that's not great, but thank you for right. sharing that. Um, kind of in that same theme, Talk about a challenge that you faced in your career as a teacher and what have you learned from that? So one of the, I think the biggest challenges with teaching is you feel very, um, I don't want to say unappreciated, but you feel like a lot of the work that you do is for nothing. Um, and if you pour so much into something you love, you pour so much into these kids and, and creating lessons that are interactive and fun and engaging and and with high standards and all of these things and you you go home and you sacrifice a lot of time with you know your children and your your family and you spend weekends planning and doing and grading and then at the end of the day you feel a lot of days you feel like you know the kids are miserable because of they don't want to do the work and this that the so it, it's hard to stay positive in teaching um, one thing after 13 years I've kind of learned is that I'm really bad about focusing on that one negative comment that a parent made or a student made or the bad parent email, or you just kind of feel beat down, but then you kind of have to step back and realize there are a lot of really good kids in this class. There are a lot of kids who are achieving and, and enjoying your class, enjoying your lesson mm -hmm. and to focus on those positives because they can be overshadowed so much by that one bad email or that one kid who refuses to do work or so, so finding that pod, there's a lot more positive than the negative, mm -hmm. um, is one thing that I've kind of learned. 
Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's hard for most people, you know, when you get a piece of negative feedback, you're, I mean, a lot of people are more, more than likely to focus on that. I mean, I fall into that category for sure. So thank you for sharing that. I know that asking about hardships and struggles is, you know, a vulnerable thing to share. So thank you for doing that. Um, moving on to the other part of the introduction, which was about students in action. What is students in action? Tell people about it. Um, and let's really kind of, tar- I want to focus the rest of the interview on that because it's, it's a very important work that you do. Yes, students in action is something that I have completely fallen in love with. It is one of the most amazing programs um, that really just fell into my lap several years ago. Um, one of my coworkers who actually teaches next door and is one of my best friends, she and I um, were kind of challenged, well, she specifically was challenged with from our principal, you know, here's something that kind of came across my desk, the students in action thing, you know, go look into it. And if you're interested, let's do it. If not, so she, of course, brought me along and said, you know, let's go together and, and investigate this. So we went to one of the conferences and, of course, we had no team or students. We just went as, as observers. And when we saw what Students in Action really is and what they do for kids, we immediately knew that this is something we had to do. So Students in Action is a program from Multiplying Good that gives students the tools and the opportunity to become stronger leaders in their school and in their community and to um, and do that through service. And so they ask students, what is it you care about in your school and in your um, community? Um, what is, where is there a problem and how can you make a difference? And so it really empowers students, a lot of which who haven't had the opportunity to be a leader before, because it's not always the student body president. It's not always the most popular kid. Sometimes it's the kid that this is their thing and they have to come up with ways to make a difference and they really thrive in that environment. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is an organization that I've recently become a part of, but in the short time that I have been a part of it, I've seen the impact. And I mean, these kids, I, I got to watch the presentations a couple of weeks ago for, you know, the end of year and they get so excited about it. It's something that they can get engaged in. It's something they can take ownership of. And looking back at my own, you know, high school, middle school career, I wish there had been something like that because it really does challenge you and sets you up for success. And so I know that this is happening, you know, not all over the country. It is, it is in several States though, correct? Multiplying good, this specific program. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if somebody's watching this from, you know, another state, you might have multiplying good in your area. And so that could be something to, you know, check out about getting involved in. Um, and you had mentioned your, you know, partner in crime next door. What's her name? Murray Cromer. Marie. She is, yeah, Murray Cromer. She um, teaches English and speech as well. And so um, luckily we are able to work together because it, it is a, a large undertaking. Yeah. Um, but it's very rewarding and it's one that we are excited to see grow each year. Um, we now have it as a multi-level um, class that students can take. It used to just be a club. But we found it was really hard for students to get the most out of it as a club because they are so busy. And so now that it's a class, um, they're really able to delve into developing those leadership skills and um, coming up with some amazing projects that they do, not only to affect our school and our um, community, but also individual projects that they come up with. 
um, that's actually what they're doing next door right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, can you give us an example of what, what the program, maybe what the project was this past year for Lexington High School? So we um, have gotten involved with two major projects that we have kind of grown over the years. Each year we try to add another one to it, but we do one called Linking Lexington, which benefits um, Cancer of Many Colors, which is a local organization that financially supports cancer um, patients and their families. And we got in touch with Paulette Crishone, who's at, um, the founder of Cancer of Many Colors. And it started um, the first year with us just kind of selling these little links at a football game where people could write their loved one's name who had been affected by cancer. And it has grown um, this past year, um, we raised um, over $13,000 for Cancer of Many Colors. Um, with that, we also have fallen in love with St. Baldrick's, which is a national organization which um, funds cancer research for children, which is the most underfunded research. And um, so we do a week-long event where we come up with different things each day. The kids get in groups and plan. And the most fun thing that we did just uh, last Friday was our jail and bail, where we have a jail in our commons of our school. And we lock up students and teachers, and they have to call as many people as they know to bail them out of jail by making donations. And so, oh. <laughs> we, yeah, it's so fun. I mean, it's crazy how they love to um, get locked up. And mm -hmm. and it's just, a, it's just, it's a lot of fun, but we raised um, over uh, $12,000 this past week just for that. So, wow, that's, a, that's incredible. And I mean, again, it just shows that students really have an impact when they're the ones driving it. And obviously they have your support, they have you and Marie's support, but that's really great. I mean, great leadership exposure. And it's just a really, I've been so impressed just learning about the organization. And so seeing the help behind it and the support and, you know, kind of like that driving force um, really paints a good picture, I think. So anything else you want to share about Students in Action? Yeah, I think one of the things I love most about Students in Action is that, you know, kids have these grand ideas and we, of course, as the advisors try to like let them have the big ideas, but also try to rein in a little bit. But as they're planning these projects, they, of course, always enter all these obstacles um, with their independent projects, you know, so-and-so won't call me back or, you know, what do I do? How do I know where to go for, to donate this stuff? And all of those little things that you don't realize are obstacles for kids. Um, and they're learning how to overcome those obstacles. What do you do when plan A, B, and C don't work out? What do you do when someone won't contact you back? And that was your only person to contact. Um, those are the thing, the moments I love, you know, they get aggravated with me because I'm, when they're stressed out, I'm like, this is what we like. <laughs> we mm -hmm. want you to be stressed and yeah. because those are the skills that carry them into the next level of what to do next when your plan doesn't always work out like you think. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, I think, honestly, that would be a great way to, to end the interview if I didn't have one or two more questions, but I like that because- <laughs> That's something that's applicable to everyone when they get into the young professional world too, you know, this, and so to be able to learn this in high school is wonderful. And it would be, you know, 10 times better if everyone could experience this so that when they do get to the young professional world, they, they know how to, you know, address the obstacles that come their way. And you're not going to, you're not going to know how to do that with every obstacle. Right. But, um, but it's great that, you know, 
multiplying good and students in action is, is doing this. So thank you for all you do. Um, I have two more questions to wrap up our time together because I'm mindful of time. So tell us like, outside of the office, I know we've talked all about what you do, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, but what do you like to do outside of the office as a young professional? So my husband is a high school baseball coach um, and coached football forever. And my dad coached football forever. So sports is really important in, in our family. And so we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time across the other side of Lexington at River Bluff High School with um, his baseball games. And it's kind of cool to, to be involved in two different high schools, two different groups of kids and the mm -hmm. community in that way. So that's great. Uh, we're huge Carolina Gamecock fans. So even last night on a Tuesday night, we had the kids out at a Carolina baseball game. <laughs> so we do that a lot. Um, they got to bed a little too late last night, but, um, but we love spending time at tailgating with our family mm -hmm. and um, traveling. We love going to Braves games, um, mm -hmm. going to different stadiums and travel. So sports is usually the focus in yeah. our house, Yeah. Um, but we love that. We try to make it into different trips and, and things like that. So that's Good. where we spend most of our time. Good. Well, go Gamecocks. My dad is a big Carolina fan. And even though, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm from Baltimore, my right. whole house has like little hints of Gamecocks in it. And even though we live in Maryland, yeah. so he went there. Um, yeah. But but I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Any last minute words of advice, Jessica? I just think that um, it's it's harder, like I said, for kids today as they as they as I watch them. I teach ninth grade and twelfth grade, so I get two very different beasts on the way in and one on the way out. And I've seen a lot of seniors more and more leave high school not knowing what they want to do um, mm -hmm. in life. And I think that's because there's, so, you know, a long time ago, it was like you were going to become a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer. That was pretty much it. Like there, you know, you had the stereotypical and now jobs look so different for, for kids and for young people. And so the options are endless. And sometimes that's scary mm -hmm. when you don't really know what you're going to fit, you know, in best with and, um, you know, that's why I always tell my seniors when you graduate, like get involved as much as possible at the next level, whether you're in your community or whether you're at college or what, or even with your job, like get involved with as many different things to see where your skills really shine. Um, you know, I've, I've always been involved in a lot of things, but until students in action came in, like this is really, I love teaching and I love teaching English and literature and all that that stuff but I feel like students in action has developed me into a whole nother level of a teacher mm -hmm. that I now can see myself making a bigger impact um just because I was open to new opportunities mm -hmm. absolutely I love all of what you just said but I think the thing that resonates with me the most is what you said that it, it used to be you know there were just a few different paths that you could take it was either medicine law finance I mean what you were saying is exactly what the Yoprono was built on and so trying to show the different career paths that are out there. And so that resonates with me the most. And um, the fact that you have, you know, these two tools that you can use to help the, you know, the future leaders of our world is really, really impactful. So congratulations with all that you've done. I'm excited to stay connected with you and see what happens next. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoy talking to you. Hey, Yoprono audience, it's Camber here. If you enjoyed today's interview with Jessica Bonnet, then I wanna tell you about a way that you can actually support one of the programs that she talked about, Students in Action. If you noticed in the interview earlier on, I mentioned that 
the way we got connected was through a program that I'm associated with now called Changemakers. It's through a nonprofit called Multiplying Good that focuses on empowering and engaging the future student leaders. So we are excited to have interviewed Jessica. I'm really happy that I could highlight this program for our entire audience. And so now I am encouraging you to help support this program. And you can do that by actually going to a campaign. Um, we're gonna share all of this information in the links for this interview today. So don't worry about scribbling it down, but we are trying to raise money for this program. And if you're interested, then you can either go to the link that's gonna be provided below, or you can text CMU P-S-T-A-T-E, so CM Upstate 2021 with two at the end to 71777. I know that's kind of a mouthful. So we will make sure that that information is provided in the comments below. And thank you so much for your support.